Welcome to the Maximus Podcast. This past week, Bobby hosted the first Maximus Method Certification Seminar at the Maximus Gym in Salt Lake City. A lot of our friends came into town. Uh, to assist at the seminar, and among them was our good friend Byron Godfrey. Byron sat down with us to record uh, today's episode, so I wanted to give you a little background on Byron. Uh, He is currently the owner of Misfit Strength and Conditioning in Houston, Texas, and the Wellness Center uh, Director for Memorial Clinic Associates. Byron is a world-recognized expert in the area of sports-specific strength and conditioning and athletic rehabilitation. He was born and raised in Houston, the son of a retired firefighter and an administrative assistant. From them, he learned the importance of physical strength, hard work, and dedication. He's a devoted husband and father of four. He's also a graduate of Rice University, where he majored in political science and sociology, and was a standout running back and tight end for the D1 football team. During his fifth year of college, he interned with the strength and conditioning department, where he assisted with programming for the football, swimming, and tennis teams. This really proved to be the beginning of uh, a passion for strength and conditioning for Byron. After college, this hunger continued, uh, and he took a job as a high school teacher and a football coach. During this time, he designed the strength and conditioning programs for all school sports for one of the largest school districts in Houston. He left the education sector after six years to pursue a career in fitness and personal training. Throughout his career, he has continued his pursuit of knowledge to improve himself as a person and as a coach. Over the last 15 years, he's been fortunate to train everyone from senior citizens and youth to world championship professional and high school athletes, including NFL player Adrian Peterson and one of the greatest clutch NBA players of all time, Robert Ory. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with Bobby Maximus and Joe Sabula. And we are here with one of the better trainers, we think, in the industry, someone that we've known for a number of years, someone that runs a world-class gym out of Houston, Texas. His name is Byron Godfrey. Byron, how are you today? Doing awesome today, Bob. How are you? Good, Byron. Glad to have you on the show. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, The topic of this podcast today is to talk about what it takes to run a world-class brand and what really goes into running a gym. We kind of feel that being a quote-unquote personal trainer is somewhat of a thankless job. People, uh, they show up and they almost uh, expect that it's their right to work out, that you're providing nothing more than a service, but they don't understand the hours that go into it, the time that goes into it, and the passion that trainers have. And, And when I say that you know being a trainer is a thankless job everybody respects the dentist everybody respects a doctor everybody respects a teacher but when it comes to a trainer we're kind of looked down upon a little bit and so we want to talk about like I said what it takes to be a really good trainer so Byron why don't we start off you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the training world um well I started um in this little over 15 years ago um uh, I was a former athlete college ball and uh, a little bit of professional. And that just carried over into a passion of wanting to be around people, being around athletes, um, wanting to contri- continue uh, with my training experiences. And so I decided to, you know, get into the fitness and exercise world, um, knowing what it took and, and, and really uh, how – sports and fitness transformed my life. And I wanted to kind of give that to the people. And I'm curious, Byron, um, just because you did have a a professional sports background, um, but your gym now has regular people. So how much of what you've done as a professional athlete carries over 
And how different is it when you're not training other professional athletes? I have a, I have a thing that uh, I think the best looking people and the most fit people in the world are professional athletes. And with I didn't say the, <laughs> the most healthy. I did say the best looking and the most fit. But um, I try to treat my people like they're professional athletes. I, I, I put in the time as if they, um, they're professional athletes. I, um, I sit down. I think about what they're going to do. Um, in their lives as far as what they need out of their training. And I get kind of specific, just like I would with a professional athlete. So um, the, the same time that I would with a professional athlete, um, I put that same effort and time into, you know, I don't want to call them just regular people, but, you know, people who are moms, dads, business owners, doctors, lawyers, whatever they may be, um, they deserve the same respect as these guys who are making millions of dollars. So one of the questions I have about that is you played sports at a really high level you know what it takes to, uh, I guess, compete at the highest level in the world. I find that a lot of people aren't that dedicated. I mean, they might want to train two days a week, three days a week. So how do you find people to come in your gym that want to work like a professional athlete that would work or take their fitness as serious as a professional athlete would want to? Well, what I try to do is I try to meet them where they are. Um, When they come to us, um, we sit them down, we ask them, you know, what are their goals? And we just try to get specific with them. Uh, or let you know, let them get specific with us on where they want to be, and then from there we try to educate them on why it's important to give me more than two or three days a week. Um, it's kind of hard to get really fit and, and really hit these goals when you're sporadic in your training. You can't come two days a week thinking you're going to hit a lot of these fitness goals because the fact of the matter is you can't. Um, and you guys know it as we say every damn day. You have to do something um, that's going to help you attain those goals and. Two, even three times a week is just not going to cut it. So let's go back to the beginning when you first started off. And I guess the what, what I'm kind of getting at is uh, how you built the business kind of from the ground up. So the way I'll ask the question is, it, looking back, you said almost 15 years. What would you have done differently in the beginning that you've learned since then? Ooh, um, <laughs> you know, in the beginning, um, all I knew was sports training. Um, and, and I, I did say, I, I, I do say that I train people like they're athletes because I just think they're more functionally fit. Uh, they can move better, so on and so forth. But, um, if there was something that I would do differently, it would be, like I said, meet people where they are. Um, I literally tried to put everybody in the same box when I first started training. Um, but that's just lack of experience, not knowing, not understanding that everybody isn't built the same way they can't work the same way so that would be the one thing that i would change is just start slower meet people where they are and then build them up to where they can be a lot more successful and reach these goals when you got out i mean we're talking about what you would change but when you got out of tell us a little bit about your background i guess is what i want to know where you went to university what you did and then what your first move out of school was um well i, I went to rice university um, one of the smaller Division One schools in the country. Um, played everything from quarterback uh, to running back. And um, once I got done playing ball, I'd do what most guys out of college do. You would pursue the professional's dream. Um, I wasn't good enough to stick, but after I got done with, with chasing that dream and getting cut a couple of times, I, um, I went into teaching and coaching and my passion of the game of football continued there. And so as I'm coaching just, you know, football, um, I got into building programs for the athletic department 
and all the the programs, the athletic programs of these high schools in Texas, um, from programs that weren't very good to programs where we won state championships in football and so on and so forth. Um, and then after I got out of that, uh, that's when I got into the training side of things. I was fortunate enough to get around some world-class trainers when I first got into the business. So I, I had a pretty steep learning curve. I, I picked up on some stuff pretty quickly. Um, and we just tried to take that. I took all those lessons that I learned with training these professional athletes into training the average everyday, you know, businessman, businesswoman. Um, and it, it helped me. It helped my business grow. It, it helped give me a little bit of recognition. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to be put in that situation when I first got there. And I'm assuming at this point you were working for other people, correct? So, yeah. So I was contracting out of a, a, a pretty good, decent gym in Houston called um, Fit Athletic Club. And, and they were pretty well known. Um, it was it was tough. You, you, you don't start with your own, you know, of course. Um, you get one or two clients here. You have to give the gym a cut of your money. And then you go from there. Um but then as you grow, grow from there, you get on your own. The scary part is being that independent business owner, trying to figure out how do you market, how do you brand, how do you grow your business, how do you get people to follow you. Um, and you learn that on the run. And fortunately for me, um, I kept getting around people who could guide me. And um, I think I was um, fortunate enough, I know I was fortunate enough to have good people on my side and say, go do this, go do that. And then I was able to listen to them. So at what point did you make the jump? Because one of the things that Joe and I were talking about earlier is there's a lot of people who train others and they want to open gyms, but they have no clue how. And this isn't just unique to the training industry. This is unique to, you know, this is, I guess, spread across a lot of industries where when do you leave your full-time job? When do you leave your part-time job? When do you go out and branch out on your own? And how do you do it and take on that risk? Sometimes um, you're kind of forced. Um, for me, I was I was somewhat forced into it. Um, while managing the personal training department at Fifth Athletic Club, we kind of took a turn as far as um, our numbers and when we saw our numbers start to go down, we made some changes in the business. Um, and when those numbers started to climb, they started pulling back on people. And then one of the things that happened was they were like, hey, we're cutting back on managers. This is what we want you to do. Um, well, when they started pulling me back, I just decided that was the moment for me to make my move. I think you just, you just have to know uh, what makes you happy. Um, for me, it was a gamble. It was... Am I willing to take this chance? Most people are okay with, with being, and I, I hate saying this, but they're okay with, with being average and not taking the chance. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I was, I was if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down on my terms. And I was not going to go down with someone else telling me this is what you can and can't do. So um, that's it. You know, just got to be able to take that chance. You were coming from a background of, of having a really good training experience. You had all these great people around you. You were working at a, a world-class facility already. I'm curious, what did you see that was lacking in the, the fitness market that you thought you were going to be able to deliver early on? Like what, what was the thing that was missing that you were going to be able to provide and separate yourself from the pack? 100% honesty. I, I was just going to continue doing what I was doing, take my business, take a few of my friends who were trainers and we're just going to go and do what we exactly what we were doing just in our, our own place. Um, and that was in the beginning. Um, but as we evolved and as we grew, our knowledge grew, um, professionally, we grew. One of the things that I began to focus on was integrity. Um, 
I think there's a lot of like just garbage out here, just a misleading information. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to treat people um, like they were more than a number. They weren't just a client, that they were something bigger than themselves. And so that was the moment we decided to, to, to grow a community. And so far, it's been working. And, and I think that's what I feel has been lacking, is that when people go into a gym, it's not about selfies. It's not just about going in, beating them up, and having them crawl out of the gym. It's taking the time, put together programming that benefits them, and all the while getting them through some things that they may can't get through by themselves in their life. Mm -hmm. So that was the thing that we have started to try to bring uh, in the fitness industry, specifically in Houston. Cause I'm, you know, I'm sure there are other places like that around the country, but that's what we pride ourselves in is what can we do and what can we bring to the city of Houston that you don't see a lot of. And our thing is community. So it sounds like you're really uh, just focused on the individual and just trying to help people uh, just better themselves and better their lives. Um, just for our listeners, tell me about like where are you at with the business right now? How many members do you have, and and how long did it take for you to get to that point? So right now we're approximately two hundred members. Um, we July will be seven years, um, and it was there were a lot of growing pains. We had people come and go, um, headaches, falling out with friends um, who were no longer friends, and. You find a way to make up, and you kind of move on, so on and so forth. But um, it it's, it hasn't been smooth. You know, I think the, the the big thing is just consistency for us is even when you slip, just keep trying to move. You know, keep going forward, keep pushing, keep pushing, and keep learning. Um, that's one of the reasons I try to, you know, stay in touch with you and with, with Bobby and, you know, everybody else that we still have in our community is so that I continue to learn. Uh, and then continue to to build on the knowledge that I've gained from you guys uh, and grow from there. What was it like in the beginning? Did you already have clients or did you start from zero and have to work your way up? I started, I had about 45 to 50 clients. So I wasn't starting from ground zero. Um, that's, the, that's the thing that a lot of people are afraid of. Some people come into the thing um, with nothing and you have to grind. Now, not saying that we don't grind now because... My first rule is try to take care of home, make sure that the people that we have are taken care of and that we show that they're uh, that we appreciate them and that we continue to improve them. Then we go out and try to gather new clients. Um, but if you come in with nothing, it's hard. You still have to work. You got to know how to get yourself out there, get in front of people. And sometimes, man, you got to work for nothing. You, you literally have to work for nothing to get people to follow you and trust you. And then you've you've built your worth and your value and then now you can ask for what you need to so one of the things that you talked about is that you want to tell people the truth you seem to have a very high level of integrity and one of the things i just picked up on was sometimes you got to work for nothing sometimes you got to work for long hours sometimes you don't get a reward what would you tell people out there that are struggling with this issue because a lot of people they want to have integrity they want to do the right thing but they really just feel they can't afford to or they're scared to and so what you see is a lot of people go away from their brand or go away from they re what they really want to do just to try and make ends meet. I try not to count people's money, so I can't tell them what to do with that. But I will say this. If you want longevity and you want a real um, business where people will stay with you, 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 can't, you can't sacrifice the integrity. Because what will happen is they'll find out that you're fake. They'll find out that you really don't care about them and it's just all about the dollar. 
And what will happen is they'll leave and you're now searching for people to replace that person or those people who have left with them. So that's if, if that's the one thing that I would say is do not fold uh, just because you, you're losing a, a person here or there. They're just not for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a big difference between being a really great trainer and being able to manage a business. What were the, the, the most important lessons you learned getting into business versus just training people? I'm still learning how to be a businessman. Um, you've got to make time to be, as, as I've heard you guys say before, being in the business and working on the business. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is um, learning business strategies. And those, those things are completely different when it comes to programming for a client. You know what I mean? We've been doing this long enough, and we can program for a client with our eyes closed. Uh, my background isn't in business. My background is in political science and sociology. I work with people. You know what I mean? And and and, and we handle, you know, that kind of stuff. But but uh, learning about business is something that that I've picked up from you know hanging around some of the people that I have at my business who are businessmen and businesswomen. You know, you and Rob, listening to you guys. Now that's why I ask y'all so much. Like, you know, what is it that you do? What have what have you found that has worked for your business? Um, and then I try to see if that'll fit. Um, what we have here. So speaking of business, we have some bills to pay. And I'm actually going to incorporate this into a question for you, Byron. But we would greatly like to thank uh, both of our sponsors. First of all, Lalo Tactical. Uh, They make some of the best boots and shoes on the market for both working out and tactical purposes. If you want to check out these boots and shoes, go to www.lalo.com. Use the code Maximus20 for a 20% off uh, discount from us to you. And also Meat Locker, uh, www.meatlocker.com. If you like good steak, you like good chicken, you like good bacon, you like good pork, it's the best place in the world, in my opinion, to get it delivered right to your door. Use the code Maximus for a 15% off discount. And now that we've paid the bills... A lot of people, when you try to pay bills, when you start becoming successful as a business owner, people call you a sellout. You start to hear things like, this gym has changed. You guys have changed. You do things differently. Um, I've been a part of a lot of gyms you know, in my life, and when gyms start off small and there's 25 or 30 members... And, you know, it's on the verge of closing because it's not making a lot of money. These people seem to be really happy because they have the place to themselves. All of a sudden, you have 150 members and you're successful. That's when the talk starts. You've changed. You're different. How have you managed that in the various, uh, I, I guess, casualties or the, the problems that come along with success? Oh, man, we've gotten that recently. Um, you know, where people say, hey, man, the gym is just it's too many people. You know, it doesn't feel the same. And I just tell people, man, we're going to keep doing what we do. The same program is going to happen. You're going to have to work. Um, but as we grow, then our mentality has has to change. We can't keep a small mind if we're trying to grow our business. Um, so, for instance, we're going to open up another location soon. With that, guess what? I'm going to be gone some. So you're going to have to trust some of the other trainers. We bring in more people. We have these people working with them. We're trying to teach them. We're all trying to get on the same page. Um, but, man, I, I really just, just try to continue to give them the same service as I would and remind them that our standards haven't changed. We still have the same high standards and expectations of ourselves and of them as our members and our, and our community um, as we would now, you know, as we did when, we, when there were only, 
you know, 40, 45 of us. Well, I know from personal experience that running a gym is a ton of work. Um, running a successful gym is even more work. A large successful gym is even more. And then opening another location is a whole nother thing. What resources do you surround yourself with to help cover everything that needs to be done? So my big thing is not trying to do everything. I'm learning that still because, you know, when you're smaller and you're trying to grow, everything has to be done a certain way. You want it, you want it done in this time, your way and your way only. But what I've done was, um, I mean, I have, a, I have a pretty good accountant. I stopped trying to do all the books by myself. Um, I stopped trying to do all the programming myself. I have other trainers who help me with programming. Um, when it comes to opening and, and running the gym, as far as the hours go, um, I've delegated that to some trainers. We clean like we should, you know, but we have people in our community who help come in and clean up for us. And But we also pay a professional cleaning service. But as we grow, man, you just, you just start delegating a little bit more. You know, you can't do everything yourself. And, and that's, the, that's the one thing that has changed with me is I feel, I feel comfortable stepping out and away from the business. Like, I've been gone for four or five days now, and I'm not losing sleep over the business. It's going to be okay. I mean, we've, we've put the, the pieces in position for us to, to kind of run uh, without us being there. So it sounds to me like you've got a pretty good team around you. How do you build the team? How do you find the people? And, and how do you get to the point where you do trust them? Time. For instance, um, Chris uh, Courtright and I, we've been together for 10 years. Um, and then because I trust him, if he brings me someone, then I'm like, okay, well, I trust Chris and, 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 I, and I know what he's about. So I'll kind of give the people an opportunity. Uh, and then from there, it just takes, you know, vested time to get to know people. Um, we have our standards. You kind of get a feel. Um, I have a group at the gym. And I kind of joke. I call them my misfit ladies. Um, we bring new people in. I kind of like let them go, like, hey, go go fill them out and then come back to me and tell me what you think about them. Um, because they have a pretty good idea on what we what we expect from ourselves and the standards that we have for the gym. Um, and they know the kind of people that we have. So if they come back and they're like, hey, man, that's a pretty cool person. I like them. Then I'll listen to them a little bit more. Um, but other than that, you know, it just, just takes a little time. So I want to move slightly away from business for a second because there's a couple of things that you're saying that's, that have really resonated with me. It's very clear you're a hardworking guy, uh, very clear that you're passionate about this and have put your whole life into it. One of the things I said to start the podcast was being a trainer to a degree is a thankless job. I don't think people understand the sacrifices you make to, to, to make this happen for other people. How is your self-care suffered? And how is your own fitness, uh, I want to say, taking a back seat to putting other people in front of you? That's the crazy part, man. It's, it's, it's trying to manage time to take care of yourself. Um, and it has suffered. Um, now, I do make time for myself, so I'm not completely um, just busted. But in order for me to get extremely fit, I have got to make more time for myself. So um, I think the, the most important thing um, is carving out and make, I guess making yourself one of your own clients um, and not letting people take that time away from you. But um, trying to grow that business and, and trying to take care of everybody else. You, I mean, if you're like me, I'm, I, I, try, I try to think that I'm selfless and I give a lot and I put everything and everyone in front of me. And because of that, I lose sleep. 
I don't eat like I should or I don't eat when I should. I don't get to work out like I should all the time. And so one of the things I'm trying to learn is how to manage my time better so I can make sure that I get the right foods in me, so that I make sure I get the right amount of time of training for myself. So I get to sleep, leave the gym instead of showing up at 4.45, 5 o'clock and leaving at 8. It's like, hey, I'm leaving at 2 o'clock today because I need to get some rest so we can do this thing again or um, find ways to, to grow the business. You can't do that, man, if you're beat up and tired and you're not taking care of yourself. Now, bigger picture, you working like on your self-care and you staying fit, how big of a part do you think that is of your business, like your image and, and being willing to take care of yourself? I kind of feel like I'm the face of our business. So the more fit that I am, the better the business looks. So these are, these are some of the things that I'm really ta- trying to tackle right now is buy and get more fit. Um, I'm not, I'm not a slob or anything like that, but just imagine if I just walked around, you know, ripped up and shredded the image that people would get of our business. So, um, my thing now is, okay, B flip the switch. Let's go ahead and do this. Let people know how serious you are about your fitness. And then they'll come on and they'll be like, Hey, you know, man, we see you working. I think we need to step our game up as well. Uh, and that's one of the things that that'll happen. And that has been happening here recently. So I'm a little bit curious about how you have developed your own brand as a gym. You know, it's it's Misfit Strength and Conditioning. Uh, you've got a really awesome logo. I love the, the Lion logo. Tell me a little bit about where that came from and kind of what all that means. We didn't start off as Misfit Strength and Conditioning. Um, like I said, when we first started our gym, um, it was really like a personal training studio. There were six or seven trainers. It was every man for himself. You know, we treated like a barbershop. They would come in. They would basically rent space, pay me, you know, X amount of dollars a month. Then I would pull all that money together, pay the bills, and go from there. Um, but what happened over time was I saw that, that, was, that's, that that's a no-win situation for us. We have got to do something to um, build what we have, build a community, come together, so that way the brand will grow. A few people left. They decided to do some different things. We got rid of a few people. Um, and that's when I really sat down with a group of the trainers that we had. And I said, hey, um, I'm learning about this this new group. At the time, it was Jim Jones. I met you. I met Rob. Um, that was a turning point in my career as far as being a trainer or a coach and a businessman. Um, what that did then was I said, we're no longer going to be this personal training studio it's time that we start to pull our resources together um, and build and we're, we're going to change and the name we chose was misfit strength and conditioning for the reasons that i mentioned earlier um i felt like we were going to be different than everybody else we we're going to bring integrity back we we're going to bring the fundamentals the basics back to training um we're not going to try to do this catchy stuff um we're going to stick to what we know works what science has said worked we don't need these fad things that are going on. None of that. And um, it worked. You know, we took that misfit strength. And um, I've always been fascinated by a lion. I thought that their strength, the courage, and the community, the pride was something important. Um, and we basically pitched ourselves, you know, with that. Like, hey, we're going to be a pride. We're going to be a community. We're going to grow. And the stronger that... I realized I was, and the better I became, that means the more powerful and the better that our pride would be. So I got with Rob, and, and let me tell you, I've been 
learning from this guy from day one. You know what I mean? He says some crazy stuff, and most of the time I write it down and be like, nah, he can't mean that. But <laughs> sometimes the shit works, man. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's 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 where it came from, and it's it's still evolving because you know we we're learning. We're still learning every day. So you referred to me as Rob for our listeners. <laughs> Rob is the same person as Bobby, just so we're clear. It's it's me. Good, good, good. Um, just a warning. Don't use my government name in any kind of public <laughs> setting, Byron. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Jim Jones. Obviously, uh, I've moved on, left. I'm doing my own thing. Things have uh, evolved. And, and honestly, for me, it's for the better. I've got a best-selling book with men's health. I've got my own gym my own certification. I feel like now I have a crew of people around me, yourself included, Byron and Joe, you obviously that are help uh, helping me um, attain what I really set out to attain in this industry. Tell us a little bit about your five-year plan because you know, you're where you are now, but where do you see yourself down the road? So that's, I shouldn't say it's easy. It's, it's, I can tell you exactly where I want to be in five years. So, um, my goal every year um, is to add another location. Um, right now, so within the next eight to 12 months, we'll have location number two, so on and so forth. We're going to keep adding. Um, Business-wise, I want to gym between 250 to 300 people, each one of the locations. We already got a price point set. Um, as far as the systems go, we are working on a system that no matter what location you go to, it's set. Um we're not going to try to tell people how to train, but we're going to teach them the philosophy that we believe in. And, and that philosophy is what we've been doing, what, what, what Bobby and, and, you know, he's bringing. Um, I agree with, with everything that he's saying as far as his training philosophy goes. It's a lot of what I believe the principles are as, as far as the psychology of training goes, the programming, so on and so forth. And then we're going to add those things that we also find important, uh, the mobility structures, the nutrition, even to the point where we have people who do fitness competitions. I know that's not a big thing for, for Bobby and yourself, but we have, we have a pretty good following for that in Houston. So we got people who do that kind of stuff. Um, we have powerlifting, like people who, who are into that. So we want to take um, all these things. We're going to create a format that no matter what um, location that we're at, we have it. Uh, so for the next five years, I would like for us, and the plan is for us to have five locations by that time throughout the city of Houston. Um, and then from there, we'll expand out from Houston to other cities, um, preferably like Austin, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, uh, the bigger markets that we know people uh, who listen to Bobby and yourself um, will start to follow what we do. So one thing about that, I'm a believer that a gym, a brand, a name is nothing without good people behind it, Right. And you'll see gyms all the time that are going well and a trainer leaves or the heart and soul of the gym leave and it falls apart completely. So how do you attempt to solve the human problem? How do you find people that care as much about your business as you do? Because this is something that I've talked to a bunch of people about that comes up over and over and over again in the gym industry, the restaurant industry, the retail industry. How do you solve this? So one thing that I will not do is... If I don't have the people to run a location, I'm not going to dilute the product. So if we're not ready yet, it won't happen. The big thing that I think we do is we bring people in in house and they have to work with us. 
It's not like, hey, how you doing, man? It's a pleasure to meet you. You're going to sit down. We're going to have this interview. We're going to just talk it out, and then we're going to put you over at this gym. Don't work that way. We're going to spend time with you. Like, I want to know you. I want to know what you're about. I want to know your character. You know, and, and if you're, you know, you're not very professional, if you don't know how to talk to people, um, if you're not an honest person, you know, so on and so forth, man, if, if, if you're not upstanding, man, we don't want you to be a part of what we're doing. So um, that's important. Time spent with an individual, you can really know what they are. And I'm not talking about just in the gym. I want to know you outside of the gym. And then as I get to know you outside of the gym, I can tell, like, all right, man, this person fits what we're talking about. And that takes time. You know, so, for instance, you know, we, 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 have, a, we have an intern now. His name is Matt, a young kid out of uh, Sam Houston State that we have down in, in the Huntsville area, not too far outside of Houston. He's, he's, he's in our place five days a week, if not six. Um, and what we found out is Matt fits what we're talking about. Our clients love him. He's only been there a few months. But the people that we have now trust him. You know, if I step out and I say, hey, Matt's waiting for you, they have no problem showing up. So Matt would be a person, but that, that comes with him being in-house, us hanging out with him outside of the gym, seeing what he's like. Um, so that's the only way I think you can handle that human problem is to actually spend time with somebody to get to know him. Do you do hiring contracts or make them sign non-competes or any of that kind of stuff? Um, so I don't have employees. So with that being said, I don't pay people. So no, I don't have them as a non-compete. Most people come to me um, and they just they pay me right now at this location um as we evolve and we start to do contracts and then we start to have employees so on and so forth we may that may be something that we need to consider um i haven't thought that far in advance as far as how i want to um bring people on but i do know at some point in time um, we're gonna have to have employees to take this um project where we wanted to go so are you saying you don't have employees at your gym right now correct we have contracted uh trainers so um with that being said is they don't i don't come in and say all right here's your paycheck every person actually pays me and they do sign things as far as these are our waivers this is what we uh agree to this is how we'll behave so on and so forth but i don't give them you know, everybody gets a 1099. They're, they're, they're a contracted employee. Okay, so they're contracted workers, but one of the things I wonder is they're similar to employees. I mean, your trainers, and this is something that's a problem in the fitness industry, and it really goes back to that human problem again. If I'm working for you, whether it be as a contractor or a formal employee, and I'm training people, I've got the relationship with them. I'm one-on-one with them every day. They're bonded to me. What happens when that trainer leaves, when that 1099 or that employee walks out the door? What happens to all those people? Is that something you've had to deal with so far? No, because when they come in, if they come in with their own people, they leave with their own people. Um, I don't hold their clients hostage. I let them know, hey, they came in with you, they leave with you. If we give them clients, then those clients stay with us. Um, But most people, New clients who come in, uh, new business that comes in, they'll come to me or they'll go to Chris or they'll go to one of our other trainers before they'll go to uh, someone who's, I should say, not necessarily um, part of the Misfit Strength brand. Um, We do have independent trainers who train out of our facility who just come in like, here's what it is. They pay me. Their clients have to pay me a certain amount. Everybody signs a waiver. um, And then we move from there. 
some clients have actually left their trainers and they, they like the way we do things. Um, and they want to become part of our programming. Uh, with that being said, I'll compensate a trainer for that if that ever happens. Now, that sounds like it could get complicated or uh, it, it there could be a conflict at some point. Are you doing this because this is how you want to run your business? Or is this simply a matter of what you have to do right now to pay the bills and grow the brand? A little bit of both. Um, we find it, it's been, this is the, the easiest way for us to operate. Um, it's, it's, as I call it a barbershop model. You pay me, your clients give me a little money for, as we call it, the maintenance fees, as far as if any equipment breaks down, um, then we can repair it. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we're going to eventually have to get, uh, employees. Um, we have, we've, we have, have had zero issues with this. Um, I think it's, I think it, one, it starts with me. Um, I treat each person with respect. We talk. I let them know, hey, man, if you need something, you can call me. Um, this is not um, a personal thing. You know, this is all business. But the personal side is, man, you're my you're my you're my guy or you're my girl. Like, if you need something, come to me. And and we let them know, like, hey, man, this is a family. This is a community. And we tell them that before they decide to come in and be a part of this. Um, you have misfit strength. And then underneath misfit strength, you can have all these different entities. Um, who work together in harmony. If you can't, then that's my call. You got to go. You will not mess that up. Um, I got one simple rule in my gym. No assholes allowed. And if you're an asshole, whether you're a client or a trainer, you go and there are no questions asked. And I don't care if you're my client or somebody else's client, you get out. You get out because there are paying members here. They may go to work with assholes and there's no reason that they have to volunteer their time and their money to have to be in a place for an hour or an hour and a half with another asshole. It won't happen. So that said, uh, I love that attitude. I shelled a bunch of people from my life, but a year and a half ago, uh, people that I don't need, people that frankly I'm better off without. Joe and I talk a lot about purging toxic people from our lives. We don't want to be around it. And some people just aren't in that position to be able to do that. And where I'm going with this is, there's probably a lot of stuff in business that you got to deal with that you don't want to. I mean, the reality is anyone who's successful, we see the highlight reel on Instagram, right? Like, oh, they're successful. They're having a great time. Byron runs his own gym. He must be rolling in money. You know, it's easy. This trainer, all he does is hang out in a damn gym all day and work on his muscles. How do you deal with a lot of the stuff that you don't want to do? Because in life, whether it be a, a job, a marriage, a friendship, you know, I think a lot of people give up or quit because of dealing with bullshit. How do you how do you manage it? I think um, hanging around yourself, being around yourself, listening to certain people. And I'm not just saying that because you guys are here. I reflect on a lot of the lessons that we've talked about over time. It's easier to just say, you know what, this is too difficult. Let me just go back. I can go take my clients to another gym, let them run it, and I'll just train my clients, go home. Um, but for me, um, just keeping the right people around me, knowing that I walk into my gym on any day, there are seven, sometimes eight people in there who feed themselves and their families based on my decisions. That is some serious motivation to make sure you don't screw up. Um, it's stressful. Um, but I have to remind myself, everybody's not built to do the things that we do. And, um, I hold myself to a pretty high standard. Um, it sounds kind of egotistical at times, like, hey, man, you're the man, you're better than this, and you, you're better than them. And I don't mean it in that kind of way. 
I just mean it like, man, I, I'm built differently. You know what I mean? I'm okay with handling this. My shoulders are broad. I, I can do this. I've always been in a position of leadership, even from my years of playing sports at a young age. I was the best, you know, then. And so people see you as a leader. And with all these things comes a lot of responsibility. And I'm just, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with sometimes just not feeling well. You know, I'm okay with going home and complaining. I got to go home sometimes to deal with a complaining wife and kids. That's, that's okay, you know. But um, that's just what it is. That's what we do. We talked a little earlier about how important community is to you. What does that really mean for you, and what do you do at your facility to help foster that community? Um, it, it means, man, like I see, I see a lot of these people more than I see, you know, friends and family. Um, and so some of the things we do, man, is just we'll get together. We'll hang out. We'll go uh, have dinner together. After our FYF workouts, we'll go have dinner together at, at, at a local restaurant. Um, we're talking about doing things where it's just, hey, it's Saturday. We're going to get together for some top golf. Um, we'll go go kart riding. Just hang out. Um, and seeing people in normal clothes, you know, having a good time, bonding, that is what helps build a community. You know, if a person's sick, we help them out. We take stuff to them. We spend time with them. We do things for them to, to lift them up. Those are the things that, that we find have built. Um, the community that we have at our gym. And what benefit does it really have for the members of your community to have a strong and focused community like that? Well, they know they got a place that they can come that's uh, safe, for for lack of better words. Like, we're not judging anybody. You've had a bad day. Something's happened and you need to talk. Hey, man, I know I can go and talk to these guys because they're like family to me. They're not going to they're not gonna give me any crap. Um, they're going to tell me the truth. And if if I like it or not, I need to hear that. And they know that. And so that's what that's what we get a lot of. We get like, hey, B, can I talk to you? Um, hey, Chris. Hey, you know, Matt. Hey, whoever it is, you know, Mitchell, Amy. Can we talk? And sometimes our workouts, I have literally taken a client who's come in the door and you can see it on her face. You good? I had a bad day. I've had a bad week. Something's happened. Let's go for a walk. And that walk will last an entire 45 minutes to an hour. And then after that, we come back to the gym and they're like, man, I needed that. You know, and that's that's how you build communities. That's how you you know people know, like, hey man, this is a special place. So they they come to you, and they have some probably vague fitness goal. You know, they want to be healthier, they want to be fit. It sounds like they're getting something much more than that, right? So if the the end result is to help you know Sally lose ten pounds, or to help Jim get stronger, or to help somebody play a sport, why why all the community stuff? I think. Um I shouldn't say I think. I know. When you have an attachment to someone, um, you want to be around them. You want to stay there. Um, it's genuine. It's sincere. Um, that's what makes us who we are. Misfit strength, the community. Um, we do have to keep the lights on, uh, meaning the, the, <laughs> the more that we can make people comfortable, the more they want to be around us, the longer they'll stay. Then, of course, they're going to pay for their service, and we get to keep the lights on. But there have been numerous times a person's lost a job. I've been a buyer and I can't pay, so I'll have to, you know, get back with you when, when I get a job. And I was like, who gave you that idea? It's like, you trusted me when you didn't ha- you know, when you had everything. What do I look like if I just say, you're at, there's no benefit from you anymore. You got to go. No, man, I meant what I said when you first came here. You're a part of something greater than yourself. You make up misfit strength and conditioning. So therefore, you don't have the opportunity. I'm not going to let you just walk away. So you'll stay here. I'm extending my hand to you. When you get back on your feet, then we'll talk business. But until then, man, you're not, you're not leaving anywhere. You need us like we need you, 
right? What happens when you're down and out and you don't have this? You don't have this community. You don't have these people around you to keep you uplifted. That's when you go in a dark spot, and we don't want that for our people. So I understand that. I, I admire it, and it's kind of how I run my gym, um, but I'm sure some of the listeners are wondering – it sounds like some boundary lines can get crossed at times when you want to be super personal with people, uh, with you want, when you want to talk to them about their home life. I mean, you're not just a service anymore. You're to a certain degree, a psychologist. How do you maintain boundaries in that type of environment? Well, um, I have boundaries set. I set boundaries for myself and then I let them know. We're just going to talk. I will never t- ask those types of questions. I will never get into that kind of information. I'll kind of curve my, my, my question, right, to just have them reflect on some things. I won't ask, so what happened? What did he do? Or what did she do? Or, you know, how much money do you have here? And then why are you so I – won't, I won't ask that. You know, I'll, I'll probably say something like, hey, we know things are tough. I said, but you got to make the right decision. Life isn't easy. Right. Sit down, write it down on a piece of paper. What's best for you? And then go from there. Um, But we never come at them in a way to where they have to disclose personal information. We just kind of help them reflect on what's happening. You know, so um, the big thing is, if I don't want you in my business, I'm not going to try to get in your business. Uh, That's just that's just the rule of life, man. Like, I love you to death. You know, should I say love you to life, as my mom would say. But um, I don't I don't I don't I don't want all of that information because I don't want to look at you in a way that could be compromising. And I don't need you looking at me in that way. I just need you to know that I care about you and I care about your well-being. And this is what I'm going to do to show you that. So it really sounds to me like treating people like numbers is not going to help you as a business and it's not going to help them attain the goals that they had set. It also sounds like you've had the opportunity to change some lives. How does that feel? You know, um, for me, that's, I think that's the purpose of life is to, is, is to make everybody else around you better. Uh, the moment you just start being so selfish is when, you know, things get bad. I think um, we're all put here with, with a purpose. And I just feel like our purpose is to, to improve the world and improve the people around us. If, if you come into my life and you don't leave better than when you came, then I did you a disservice. So my, my job is to make you better um, when you leave, to feel better, to be stronger, to be, you know, to have learned something, something um, of value that you took from interacting with me. If people want to find you, how do they reach out? You can find us on Instagram at misfit underscore strength, or you can find me, Byron.Godfrey, on Instagram, on Facebook, it's Misfit Strength and Conditioning. Uh, and then you check out our website. Um, you can get our newsletter you can sign up for our newsletter um, buy merchandise misfitstrength.com just real simple I like it I think this has been very helpful for a lot of people listening and uh, it extends for me this extends a lot beyond just the fitness realm because I mean really a gym isn't special it's not unique it's no different than any other business a lot of things that you've had to do um, are things that other people should be paying attention to you know I, I think what does make your, your place special is you and what you put into it so we loved listening to you and um, hearing all about, you know, your project and, and who you are. Um, we'd like to thank our sponsors once again, Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com, L-A-L-O. Use the code Maximus20 for a discount on some of the best shoes and boots you'll ever have. We'd also like to thank uh, Meat Locker uh, for the best steaks you will ever have. Their bacon, too. Their bacon is fantastic. 
check it out. Use the code Maximus for 15% off from us to you. And we look forward to seeing you for the next episode.